Hi, this is The Greatest Story Ever Played. My name's Dan, and today I'm here to talk about Blackwood Crossing. A description for us is, Blackwood Crossing is a story-driven first-person adventure game, a haunting tale of intrigue and mystery. You play as Scarlet, a teenager finding her way in the world. You wake up disoriented to find yourself and your younger brother Finn inexplicably traveling on a moving train. But when a mysterious figure appears, it's clear this is no ordinary train ride. It's the beginning of a magical voyage steeped in life, love, and loss. All right. And a uh, little background uh, on the game. It was developed by Paper 7, and uh, this is their first game, as far as I could tell. So, uh, debut game for them here. So, moving on to our non-spoiler section. Um... I would say that this is kind of your maybe more typical walking sim style game. Um, you kind of roam around and engage with your environment and get told a story that way, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, I'd say that in, in terms of how walking sims would go, um, this one is more like segmented or chaptered off. So if you consider like how you play through what remains of Edith Finch, you know, you're kind of led through the story. This one's more like that as opposed to maybe something like Everybody's Gone to the Rapture where you have kind of a bigger area to explore. This one's more guided. Um, so walking sim style gameplay, uh, there's some light puzzles kind of throughout where you'll do some puzzle things to be able to kind of travel to the next chapter or next area, essentially. Um, the game itself is pretty short. I think it's uh, about two hours long. Um, so not a huge game. And, uh, I would say also like, uh, different walking sims, walking sim style games, uh, in this arena is it has some emotional moments. There's some stuff that, uh, gets at your heart and all that. So, um, yeah, I would say that's kind of an overall non-spoiler look at what kind of game this is. Uh, I guess if I were going to recommend it to someone, how, how I would kind of view that or ask questions of yourself is, are you someone who likes walking sims? Um, if you do, then uh, I think that this could be for you. Um, if this kind of genre is your thing, well then yeah, another entry in the genre is cool to take on. Uh, I do think also if you're someone who just wants to like complete a game, maybe you're like, ah, I feel like I'm in a rut or something like that um, and I haven't finished anything in a while. Well, this game's two hours. I mean, you could have like a, I don't know, a random Wednesday night, sit down and, you know, instead of watching a movie, play this and boom. All right. I finished a game. I went through an experience. I went on a journey, you know, all of that stuff. So, uh, yeah, those I think are some people who this would be for. I think, uh, if those things don't match up with you, then I don't think that this would be for you. But I think if that's the kind of stuff you like, then I think Blackwood Crossing could be a game for you. All right, now we can move into the recap, uh, go through kind of our spoiler section, talking through what happened in the game and all of that. Okay, so game begins, and Scarlet wakes up on a train, and she goes to look for her brother Finn. Finn's kind of hiding, and it, it's almost like a hide-and-seek, Simon Says sort of situation, where you're going through this train car that's um, empty, you're like looking into a compartment, is anyone there? And Finn is sort of giving you guidance along the way. Um, and you're following his directions and then you, um, 
end up seeing a person in one of the train cars and it's uh it looks like a boy younger looking he doesn't look like an adult um and he has a rabbit mask on and finn starts getting scared freaking out like don't go see him don't go to don't go to him um and he's really freaked out and then um i think i opened it um because i thought i had to um (laughs) sounds like maybe i could have skipped not doing that but open it scarlet wakes back up again on the train and you can hear finn and you go to look for him but now when you walk out of your car he the train car is has several other people in it and similar to the rabbit boy they also have masks on and you're prevented from going to the next train car until you kind of complete the puzzle here which is that these masks each have um, a sentence that they say when you go up to them. And you need to match up uh, the people who are talking to each other for their interaction. And once you complete the interactions, you'll go through. Um, Who these people are, uh, it's not revealed in this moment, but you kind of tipped off that this is probably it, is you've got mom and dad, you've got a teacher and a student, You've got your grandparents, and then you've got um, a boy who uh, seems like he's your boyfriend, um, or a boy that is interested in dating you, and then the rabbit boy. And so you pair up kind of their conversations that need to link together, then you're allowed to go into the next car. When you get into the next train car, uh, the train car is like, it's shaped like a train car, but it's filled as if it's a greenhouse, so there's just leaves everywhere um it's it's bright looking it's really nice um and again i I would say at this point in the game for me i've been like what the hell's going on um you know at first you're like all right is this real then something weird creepy happens with the rabbit and so you're like all right it's not that and then you're like all right who are these people but i think just the fantastical elements just continue to grow It wasn't just something weird or creepy. Instead, it's uh, all sorts of things can happen here. And in the case of this greenhouse, it's it's nice and it's soothing. Um, You go around the greenhouse. There are photos uh, that you find that make up a like secret language that Scarlett and her Finn had made together to talk. And so you use that to say a password. And inside of the train car, there's uh, a big tree for the greenhouse. You can go up the ladder that Finn will throw down once you complete the password. You go up into the treehouse. There's lots of significant things to Finn around the treehouse. You can walk up to them, see the items, all of this. Um, And kind of your culminating moment up here is you're talking with Finn, and you do kind of crafts, arts and crafts together. And there's a craft that you do where you'd help him make kind of butterflies. And inside of this, um, you have this kind of dream moment of where, or like this thing where you can make something come alive. So you like help make arts and crafts with Finn. You do these butterflies and then it's like L2 bring to life and you click that. And then you see the paper mache, like butterfly fly away, uh, kind of thing. Like that's, that's sort of what it goes to. Um, but during your interaction, uh, you, 
tell Finn, I need to go, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm meeting up with my boyfriend. I've got to go on a date. Um, we, we'd set this up. And so you go, uh, but Finn is mad that you leave. And when, after you leave, Finn tries to do the butterflies himself, but they don't look good and he doesn't like them. And so he ends up freaking out. He gets mad. He starts like breaking things and runs away. And your, uh, kind of sequence continues here. Um, also, uh, at this point, I've, for me, what I've kind of realized from that spot, and you sort of see again, is sometimes these are real things that have happened, real memories, but then it's like you're, it's almost as if Scarlet is both viewing them like a movie, but also participating in them. It's sort of a weird, uh, kind of both going on. Um, and really, to me, I guess, continues to sell sort of this, like, dreamish state, you know, that real things can intersect with fake ones, but it's sort of getting brought everywhere. Fantastical elements, but grounded things, real memories, made up stuff, like it's just kind of all over. Um, you end up uh, back on the train again, and Finn is angry. He's starting fires uh, on the train, freaking out. He's upset. Um, he feels like you don't care about him and that you ditched him. Um, and again, similar to earlier in the game, you have your characters again with the masks, mom, dad, grandpa, whatever, and you need to match their conversations up again to be able to continue going through to be putting these fires out. Um, again, you end up in a spot where you go up into the treehouse following Finn as you've made your way through the fires. You get into the treehouse and Finn starts fires there. He's destroying his crafts, these things he cared about, um in his rage. And, uh, this is sad, um, to see, you know, like, um, children, you know, can get mad and destroy things and that sucks always. Um, but it does have sort of a poignant sadness when they destroy something they love. It's like, oh, this was my, you know, favorite, uh, I don't know, model airplane set or something like that. And they smash it in half in their anger. And then later you're like, they're going to be so sad that that's gone, you know. Um, it felt like that a bit of of this kid um, being, being sort of out of control. And it almost, in this, made me uh, wonder if he had fantastical elements. Like, is he a fire starter? Uh, you know, have something like that uh, or not. And is it like he his um, he has powers or something and it explodes out of him? I don't, I don't think that he does, actually, but this um, made it feel that way a little bit. After this, you wind up in an area called Finland, um, and this is kind of Finn's imaginary world that he's put together, and you he sends you kind of on a quest to find different items he's made to help restore pieces of Finland. Like, there was um, a fountain that has a piece broken off, and so he made some craft paper that fits that spot to make the fountain whole, you know, things like that. So you look around, you find maybe like four or five things um, and then there's a part where you can go kind of deep into this cavern and you're like, oh, I think I need to go there to get it. And Finn is like, no, don't go there. And is really upset, but you go anyway. And it drops you into the treehouse, but it's all dark. And then you get dropped into the train again and everything's dark there. Um, 
It's pretty creepy looking. There is this stuff called the Umbra, which is, um, I think, a dark force, essentially. It doesn't like the light, um, and it's attracted to plants. And so you have a puzzle where you um, essentially, like, pull the Umbra along, and then you open a window and light shines in and gets it. And you do this, and then you're able to make your way out of... Uh, that dark area, you make it back to Finland. While you're in Finland, uh, again, you have another puzzle conversation, conversation puzzle where you mash people up with who they were talking to. Um, and then you, after you complete that, um, this one sets up as you have the conversation and people all move towards this boat that Finn's on, that it seems like he like sailed and ran away almost. Um, then you end up back on the train, you see the characters. Again, you complete some puzzles um, by moving kind of fire through the train to, you know, bring light back into the world. And when you complete these puzzles, you get a significant item. And so then you have to pair these items back up with each person. So, for instance, there was a pocket knife that you give to your grandpa that he had given to Finn, that his dad had given to him. It's like an important heirloom. And you give it to him, and he's like, who am I going to give this to now? Um, there's a, a kid who was, like, a bully at school who um, you give, like, a model airplane or something like that, or model car that he used to destroy Finn's stuff. But it was he wanted to be friends. He just was being a shithead. Um, his teacher, you give, like, homework that she hadn't graded. And it sort of gives these... Um, uh, I guess closer moments for each of these characters. There, there's just the four. I think it's um, grandpa, teacher, bully, and I think the boyfriend of yours, because um, he's I think feeling pretty lost and guilty and not sure how to support you, Scarlet. Of like, you know, you didn't get to be with him at the end because we were on this date, and I want to help you, but I don't know if me being around is helpful or not. And so you kind of have all of those. After you make it through this section of the train, you again go back to the treehouse, and you talk with Finn. And he tells you that he doesn't want to die. Um, and you're trying to kind of figure out why. Like, what's what's the matter? Why, why are you afraid of this? Why don't you want to go? And he tells you that he doesn't remember what your mom looks like. How will he know? Who, how's he going to know who she is when he gets there? And so you go and you draw a picture of what mom looks like. And you go up to the figure that's your mom and you take off her mask and it's a, a face that's just vacant. There's nothing there. Um, and so you draw this picture and you put the picture up onto the vacant face and the face transforms into your mom's face. Um, and Finn here realizes that it's okay. And he says, okay, I think I can go. I know who she is now. And so he walks off of, um, the treehouse onto like the porch on the treehouse. Your mom's there and then your dad comes over. And they all set off. Um, oh, man. Uh, for me, this was just like ultimate gut punch and surprise kind of as this these last moments kind of come together. Because for me, 
the whole time I've been playing this, I've been wondering who the hell's dead. Um, you know, at first I was like, oh, have Finn and Scarlet both died and they're on like a train to the afterlife. But then as you go through the game and you talk with people, it becomes clear that no, Scarlet's not dead, but that Finn is. Um, and so you're processing that. And then to get to the end and realize, oh, it's not just Finn who's died. Mom and dad died a long time ago. And this um, kind of pain or oof that Scarlet's the only one from her, you know, uh, nuclear family, I guess, or whatever. Direct family. She's alive. I assume she lives with her grandparents and that's, you know, where this has gone. But, oh my gosh, it was such a gut punch. Um, and, and even just the way they did it. If, okay, mom, mom died. And you're like, oh, mom died a long time ago. This is sad. Finn's meeting up there, that Finn's dead, you're like kind of accepting these things, and then they go onto the porch and leave, and then dad comes up and he's like, all right, let's go. And you're like, oh, they're all gone. Um, it, it just like hit. Um, I was not ready for that. I was like accepting that Finn had died, um, or even that mom had died, but just to get it all was just a lot. Um, and this uh, specifically <laughs> brought a similar feeling and made me immediately think of, uh, apart from... Uh, Bo Burnham's white woman's Instagram from his special inside, uh, brief plug. If you haven't watched that special, totally recommend it. Uh, I really liked it and thought it was thoughtful and funny and you know, all that stuff. Uh, but through the song white woman's Instagram, most of it is just a series of describing kind of cute little things that are on a white woman's Instagram. Um, uh, different nice things like that. And then it gets to the section where it just turns suddenly. Um, similar to how I felt in this. So uh, I'm going to read a little bit of lyrics from this that, uh, I don't know, I thought hit similarly. It says, her favorite photo of her mom. The caption says, I can't believe it. It's been a decade since you've been gone. Mama, I miss you. I miss sitting with you in the front yard, still figuring out how to keep living without you. It's got a little better, but it's still hard. Mama, I got a job I love in my own apartment. Mama, I got a boyfriend, and I'm crazy about him. Your little girl didn't do so bad. Mama, I love you. Give a hug and kiss to dad. Whew. Oh, man. I remember the first time I heard this <laughs> this song. You know, it's like, oh, this is kind of fun. And you're just like, oh, my God, her mom died. This is so sad. And then, oh, my God, also her dad's dead. Whew. Holy shit. Um, and just that kind of flip, um, really happened <laughs> for me in Blackwood Crossings at the end. Like, I was just like, oh my God, this is heavy. Uh, it was a lot. It really brought a lot there, um, for it and is rough. Um, so you, you have that and then you have Scarlet kind of to end the game. She wakes up on the train again and next to her is a mask that uh, her mom was wearing, the like a uh, lion, it wasn't a lion mask, but whatever mask it was, deer or something, uh, is just sitting next to her and Scarlet's awake. So uh, I guess kind of pulling that is, it seems like Scarlet dreamed all of this on the train on the way somewhere, uh, and she was just processing kind of all that had happened and her being able to 
let him go a little more or process through that. Um, even in as she was going through the game um, and processing, I think that there were moments where she was like, I can't wait for it to never, you know, I'll never feel this way or, you know, something like that. Like, it's not just going to be, it's like my brother's gone. That's always going to be sad. Um, and so her kind of being able to process through and not in a callous way, but carry on with life that life needs to continue. And, Really, that's what Finn would have wanted, too, is for life to continue. Um, so, yeah. That's uh, the recap. On to some general thoughts. Um, something I was thinking about with this game made me kind of broadly think about Walking Sims as a genre. And I'm thinking that Walking Sims, maybe more than any other type of game, are ones that resonate to people in a certain, like, place and time. Uh, or they don't, you know, that that place and time doesn't match up for you, and so it just doesn't hit. Um, I was thinking about that specifically because of the game Last Day of June, which was another walking sim that I played uh, maybe, like, two years ago. And it really, really, really worked for me. It, like, hit. I was, like, sobbing <laughs> at the end of the game. Like, I was I was in. Um, it really, really hit me. But I know on the other side that that game didn't hit for other people. That other people played it and it just was like, oh, it was a walking sim. And I'm kind of wondering if this game is that way. I got hit at the end and was like, oh, fuck, you know. But I didn't. This wasn't one that resonated me where the same way like Last Day of June did. I recommended that to quite a few people after I'd played that. Um, but Blackwood Crossing, I, I, I don't know that I feel that way necessarily. I'm glad I played the game and I thought that emotional stuff at the end was... I, I really thought that was well done. I really liked that. But the game as itself didn't feel like one. I would be like, people should definitely play Blackwood Crossing. That's a you know top tier walking sim. Everyone should do it. You know, it didn't It didn't feel that way for me. Um, and so that's what really have brought this thought for me, is maybe walking sims are that way. I think, in general, I do think that art, um, you know, books, movies, TV, video games, whatever um, it is, I do think that there's kind of a, a couple components, at least to it, maybe more. I'm sure people smarter than me would have better stuff to say than this. But to me... Uh, I do think that there's first, like, wh what's there, you know, uh, is, is the content, uh, something that it is built to, you know, you to relate to, for you to be impacted by that. That's like its aim. Right. And I imagine there's also, and then there's also sort of a quality of like, is it good? Um, you know, does it do the things to make you connect with it? Is it something that's engaging? Is it well-made? Uh, I don't know. Is the gameplay good? Is the graphics good? Is the, you know, whatever that sort of stuff. But then I think that there's the other part of just you, the person, um, that you, where you are in that moment and place and time, is that something that you're receptive to? Uh, because I, 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 I do think that there are times where there's something 
where like, you know, you came across this thing at the right time. And so it spoke to you, you know, you heard this song at, you know, this kind of moment in your life. And you're like, oh my God, that song's so meaningful. Is it the best song ever? Is it someone that's meaningful to everyone? Maybe not. Um, but to you, it was because those conditions were right. And I could see, I think, I, and again, I think that applies to all arts. All, all art is the conditions, right? But I could see Walking Sims having that even more. And I think the reason being is most of the Walking Sims I play and I like to play are ones where it's you, you are just sort of exploring and there's probably an emotional story that's coming with it. And um, if, I don't know, if I don't have a heart or mind or whatever it is <laughs> that's open to that, then I could see it, you know, then I'd be like, oh, um, it was cool, you know. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of a tangent, but that's something I really thought about with this is um, just the place and time. I, I, I do really wonder if for this, because the end still hit so well for me, I wonder if I would have played this at a different place or time, the world would have even more. Because um, instead, I would say for a lot of the game, I was kind of like, all right, what is this? And I was sort of uh, maybe more distant from it or whatever, and then just got pulled in um, by those feels. So there's that other general thought I had was, um, I appreciated this kind of look into siblings. Um, as a game, uh, I felt like there were some similarities to life is strange too, with this kind of in mind. Uh, I think Finn and Daniel from life is strange too, have some similarities for sure. And probably, uh, were liked or not liked by people probably in similar veins. Um, and kind of Sean Scarlet filling similar spots as well there. Uh, but I, I liked, um, I, I like that focus on sibling relationships. So I think a lot of times in, you know, if you're going with your like emotional indie games, uh, <laughs> that I like playing, uh, for sure. I imagine relationships that probably get most focused in on are like child parent or, like people who partners, people who love each other, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, you know, whatever, wife, wife, husband, husband, uh, anything else like that, romantic relationships. So I thought this was cool. Another relationship that's significant to people, siblings are important. Um, so I like that. I thought that was cool um, that they hit that up. And uh, yeah, that's um, my my thoughts on. Uh, this game, I wanted to move to uh, a little bit of listener feedback about it to close us down. So uh, first up, we got Daniel on Twitter who said, I played through it a while ago. Um, I've recently reinstalled it and I'm going to try for a refresher here soon. So uh, I think played it, uh, I guess enjoyed it enough to bring it back, but didn't have kind of full thoughts. He dicks about it on here. And then Amanda on Twitter said, I played through this one not long after I had my son and oh boy, did it hit me in the feelings. Oh Yeah. Totally. <laughs> I believe that. I, I feel like I would be a wreck in that situation playing something like this right after um, having your son. Oh my gosh, that um, that would that would really hit. Um, uh, yeah, I I feel like that end probably would have just had the world kind of crash, tears everywhere. I'm, yeah, no, that's that's cool. I um. I really like 
when games resonate that way. That's something I really want and desire. So uh, that's cool. And um, yeah, that's uh, what I've got for this. If uh, you've played Blackwood Crossing and have other thoughts, I'd love to keep dialoguing about it. Um, our Twitter is at StoryEverPod. Um, you can uh, email us at TheGreatestStoryEverPlayed at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, would love to keep talking. Um, I mentioned the last day of June. That was an episode of the podcast we did. I've also done a, a number of other walking sim style games, so... Um, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, Dear Esther, What Comes After, What Remains of Edith Finch, um, Unfinished Swan, a whole bunch of other ones. So if you like Walking Sims and want to hear more of me talking about them, there are quite a few uh, in the podcast backstory backlog. So go check those out. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for hanging out. And we'll see you next time.